This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not meant as a substitute for or replacement of working with a mental or medical health professional. Welcome to Taboo Talk Time with Dr. Eva, where we inspire a movement towards breaking through societal norms, increasing awareness, and unhinging the taboo. Taboo Talk Time hosts guest experts from around the world in the mental and medical health fields who are passionate about making a difference in our society. Visit tabutalktime.com to learn more about Dr. Eva's therapeutic services, online couples courses, live couples retreats, and of course, our free podcast. Here is your host, Dr. Eva Brown, licensed marriage and family therapist and intimacy specialist. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Taboo Talk Time. I have Ken Blackman here with me. Welcome to the show, Ken. So good to be here. Yes, I'm happy. I'm happy that you're here today, too. Ken Blackman has worked with hundreds of couples from San Francisco to Paris to Sydney. I love how you're global. So cool. Um, And trained thousands of students in his workshops on sex, intimacy, and connection. With nearly two decades of experience, Ken's powerful, unapologetic break from conventional relationship advice is shifting the world conversation around love and committed coupledom. I'm so intrigued. Can't wait. Um, His new book, Powerful Woman, Confident Man, is due out this summer, and you can find him on kenblackman.com. So let's get started on our juicy topic for the the day. It's the three relationship flavors, or excuse me, the three flavors of jealousy and what to do about each one. So without further ado, Ken, why don't you introduce this topic and tell us what your thoughts are? So this is so fascinating to me because um, the uh, the more I started working with people around jealousy, the more I started to realize this word jealousy, first of all, jealousy is kind of this catch-all phrase for this really complex set of, of emotions that people have and feelings. And it doesn't, the word jealousy doesn't really give anybody any good advice because it's either like get over it if you're the person who's doing something that's making the other person jealousy, or if you're the jealous one, it's like, stop doing that right now. Never, ever do it. Right. There's no actual (laughs) room for any useful advice. Right. So I started to notice that there's actually kind of three versions. It's, it's an oversimplification, but there's really three, three different flavors of jealousy. Okay. And um, I'll get to that in a second, but first of all, just to talk about, just to find out, you know, what we're really talking about here. There's some questions I asked before we even get to the topic of jealousy. First of all, was there a broken agreement? Like if there was a broken agreement, like some kind of actual betrayal or actual trust issues, Mm. then we talk about that. I'm not going to like, if someone actually had an affair or, you know, something, we're not talking about jealousy. We're talking about like, betrayal and trust and those kinds of issues. Yeah, good distinction, Ken. And then the second question is, was there any deceit? Was there lying? Was there withholding? Was there secrecy? And then, you know, if that's the case, then before we get to jealousy, we talk, we talk about honesty in the relationship and how important that is, right? Mm-hmm. So then that gets us into, okay, it's neither of those things. There's just these intense feelings. Maybe they disagree about whether, you know, a rule was broken or they disagree or she or he or she is just like, technically he didn't do anything wrong, but I'm just dealing with this, these intense feelings. Right. Right. 
And it usually boils down to envious jealousy, Mm. insecure jealousy, or possessive jealousy. Mm. Those are the three flavors, and they have different causes. They have different, um, you know, symptoms. They have, and they have different resolutions. Like once you identify which of those it is, you know, what you do, it says something about the relationship that you can actually focus on the relationship. Now you have concrete, valuable advice of what can change in the relationship to make it better, right? I love this. Yeah. Great conversation, Ken. I'm very intrigued, dear. Keep going. So okay. we, have, we have envious, we have insecure, we have possessive jealousy. Yeah. And all of these, from my understanding, have specific causes and solutions. I'd love yeah. to hear them. Yeah. So let's say I, I ask someone, do you think it's envious or insecure or possessive? And sometimes they'll know instantly, like that'll, they'll instantly know which it is. Interesting. Uh, sometimes they're like, Ken, it's all of those. I don't know. Like, it's all of those. <laughs> so yeah. then there's some questions that I can ask that okay. will help tease it out. And one is, what's the predominant emotion that's going on here? What's your, the predominant emotional flavor? Are you mostly angry, pissed off, like super pissed off? Are you scared? Are you worried? Are you anxious? Hmm. Or are you mostly sad, like heartbroken, you know? And so if it, if we can identify one of those three, like if it's angry, chances are good that it's envious jealousy. Mm-hmm. If they're mostly scared, worried, anxious, then it's probably insecure jealousy. Mm-hmm. And if they're sad or heartbroken or just like, you know, um, feeling sorrow or heartbreak or something like that, then it's probably possessive jealousy. Mm. So uh, then we can get into, like I start asking them questions. There's some, there's some basic symptoms that show up that will identify one or the other. Like if you're envious, you may be like uncomfortable or you get triggered when your partner is happy in general. Like they had a success, they're doing really well, they get a lot of attention. In general, that makes you uncomfortable. Mm. Or maybe you're jealous over things you don't even want. Or, mm. you know, you see some, you see some interaction between your partner and, and someone else and you, you, that's something you want. Mm. Or the relationship has other, other problems and jealousy is, is, goes along with that. So that's, all symptoms of envious jealousy. Mm, yes, I see it all the time in my practice. All three yeah. different flavors. I like how yeah. you broke them down, Ken, and really made them very tangible and easy for people to say, yes, yeah. that makes sense. That fits for me. What do I do? Right? Yeah. So here's the thing to know. When you're dealing with envious jealousy, people who have a great fantastic, phenomenally good relationship mm. uh, tend not to be jealous. Yeah. So the solution to this flavor of jealousy, the envious jealousy, well, like what it's really pointing to is un- unmet desires that you have, right? Mm. So if so, the, the where to focus to deal with this jealousy is how to make the relationship better. Like what are you getting that you 
you know, what do you, what are you not getting that you want? Exactly. And so instead of turning your attention to all the stuff, like what's happening is you're not getting what you want. And you're like, you're watching your partner out in the world, having something you're like, what are you doing? Like, uh, you know, what I, I'm not getting my needs met and you're out there, you know, doing something, having fun. So the yeah. focus should be here is on how to make the relationship, like focus on how to make the relationship better. That will, the, the envious jealousy is a side effect of other problems in the relationship. And that's where your focus should be. Then the envious jealousy will take care of itself. Yeah, it's interesting. I find that the envious jealousy comes up mostly for my couples that have a hard time really dropping into vulnerability yeah. and just, you know, you know, being, letting the, the shadow sides and the light sides kind of come up, you know, authentically in the relationship as opposed to like one person is positioning themselves as being amazing and great and wonderful all the time. And then the yeah. other person is just living in this relationship with themselves. that's just shit all the time. Right. And yeah. things are not going well, that type thing. Right. So it's, it's, there's a lot of different aspects to it, but I'm thinking it's like, it's like taking a mindset shift and asking yourself, what are my unmet desires? Like you said, what do I need more, want more, desire more in the relationship or within myself that I'm not getting and figure out how to fix that? Right. Then you, then you start, it becomes less and less important what your partner's doing out in the world. You want them to do right. well out in the world, right? Yeah. I think it's not about them. It's more about what you're not getting in, in right. your own life. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a really good distinction, Ken. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So that... So that brings us to the second flavor, which is insecure jealousy. Okay. So here, the symptoms would be you constantly need reassurance. Yeah. You constantly feel threatened that your partner's going to leave you. You're threatened by your partner interacting with other people. Yeah. You start to have really complicated rules about what your partner can and can't do. Um, you start making false or exaggerated accusations. or. Um, projection so this is this is a really really big one so yeah. there's you the jealous one there's your partner and then there's this third party right yeah and so the projection one is where you see third party mm -hmm. you see this other person yeah you see qualities in them that you think are amazing or that you admire and it makes you feel it, it triggers your own self-esteem right exactly. so you're you're seeing this third party and it makes you feel uncomfortable because you're comparing, right? Exactly. But then you project the, all of that onto your partner and you project that your partner is into them. And when it's really not there, like you, you right. see this person and you're like, you, you, you right. know, you start accusing your partner of being into them. Well, actually it's you. Right. Like that's, that's coming up with it. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. I've been there before. I get it. <laughs> so in this, so in this uh, flavor of jealousy, yeah, all of this is about your self doubt, your self esteem, your self worth, your confidence. Yeah. Um, and this, there's this funny thing that happens with this flavor of jealousy, which is you, you know, you feel low self esteem. You start like being controlling or like being needy or being all these things, then that makes you feel even worse. Yeah. Then you, you have low, you know, you start feeling bad about how you're treating your partner. Yeah. Then you start worrying more that they're going to leave you. So your yeah. jealousy, the worse you treat your partner, the more jealous you are. 
It's interesting. It's a cyclical process, really. It's really cyclical in that way. A lot of people don't even realize that what they're actually doing is perpetuating more distance in the relationship, which is the thing that you're most afraid of to begin with. And it's really, it's perpetuating that for your partner and for you just to create more distance as opposed to just being vulnerable and saying, listen, I don't feel like I'm good enough, you know, or I feel insecure or, you know, I feel this way. And then breaking through those barriers along with your partner and communicating them as opposed to just projecting them and keeping them all inside. Right. Absolutely right. So all of this has to do with how you feel about yourself and the shifts that you can make Mm-hmm. to feel better about yourself so that you show up better in the relationship. You can be like, not, not liking yourself or feeling bad about yourself is not a good relate. Like you're doing your partner a disservice. They chose you. Mm-hmm. They love you. They want to be with you. Mm-hmm. Why are you arguing against yourself? Right? Exactly. So, exactly. so people who are confident, who like themselves, who feel you know, good about who they are and who treat their partner well tend to be less jealous. You know, I also wanted to throw one more thing in there, Ken, too, which I'm sure you're aware of, but, you know, for the for the purpose of conversation, I'm sure you're not bringing up, but, you know, another thing, too, that comes up with that type of jealousy, um, which we've addressed to some extent, but also, like, what is the amount of emotional intimacy Mm -hmm. uh, and communication that is going on in the relationship. Because sometimes, sometimes it's not always within the self that we experience that. Sometimes we're also lacking. It's maybe it's a combination of both really. Uh, We're also lacking that ability to communicate and to really step into that place where you're owning and being accountable, but also realizing that maybe between the dynamic between the two of you, that there's not enough emotional vulnerability. And I find that that more couples have that insecure attachment in the relationship when they're not getting that emotional vulnerability and attachment and security from, from an emotional perspective too. What are your thoughts about that, Ken? Yeah, they really go hand in hand because, you know, we're most likely to hide the things about ourselves that we're most, you know, ashamed of. Right. And so we start to put up a wall. Well, you know, we're in relationship in order to experience intimacy. Mm -hmm. So your partner, you know, ideally your partner is the person that you can talk to about all those things you're most embarrassed about or hate most about yourself. Like your right. partner can be the one person yeah. that you share those things with. And that's what makes the relationship stronger. It doesn't, right. it doesn't make the relationship weaker or worse. No. You know, talking about all that stuff is, is the, the route to having the relationship be, be, you know, it's necessary to have it be a lifelong intimate connection that both of you are hungry for. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So both goes hand in hand, but keep going. I love this. I love how you're breaking it all down. Yeah. Yeah. So then we come to possessive or like ownership type jealousy. And this one's fascinating to me. This one's the most uh, interesting and kind of nuanced and complex. Yeah. So here's what's going on here. So 
First, I'll describe some of the symptoms. Great. Um, so you get uh, jealous or territorial really early on in the relationship. Like you just started dating and all of a sudden you're jealous or territorial. Mm. Um, you constantly fight over how committed you are, how serious you are, right? All these accusations about how, you know, like, are you committed? Are you serious? Um, you have a really strong sense of how relationships are supposed to unfold. And that's different from how this relationship is working. Yes. And like your partner isn't following the rules. Those are the, the symptoms of, of this particular flavor of jealousy. Mm. So let me describe what's, what's going on with this one because it's fascinating. Okay. Um, so imagine that you own like your most prized possession is uh, your, you have a fast sports car like a Maserati, right? You've got this Maserati. It's your, it's your most prized possession. <laughs> and you're going to, you're going to loan it to your part, to your part. You're going to loan it to somebody and they're going to take off and drive with it. So you hand them the keys and you feel so scared about how they're going to drive this car. You can't, you know, you, you hop in the passenger seat, you, you're going to go with them you start issuing orders like, you know, watch out for that thing. That's a, that's two miles away. Like you start, you know, trying to control the whole thing. Like you're kind of have one hand on the steering wheel and you know, you're trying to control the whole thing. Yeah. Because you're scared of what they're going to do with this car. So what if what you're actually handing them is the key to your heart? Mm -hmm. So that's what's happening with this flavor of relationship. Like you're giving them the keys to your heart and you're scared about what they're going to do. And you're trying to be controlling because you're scared. Mm, I really like that metaphor of the Maserati and the key to the heart. That's super cool, Ken. Yeah. So this, this, this one's going to blow. This one blew my mind when I really started to realize it. So our desire to own another human being, to own them, to possess them is really, is really our desire to be owned by them but we're scared about how they're going to treat us. Mm. So whenever someone is super possessive or wants to, to own somebody, really they want to be owned. We want to be owned and we are scared shitless about what, how, how they're going to drive that Maserati, how they're going to treat our heart. Mm. So yes. we come in with a bunch of ideas about how a relationship's supposed to go, mm. you know, we're like early on we've got we've we've projected into the future this ideal that we think is supposed to happen mm. and it's not it's not going that way yes i love it i'm actually taking notes just so you know like what i'm doing yeah. with my phone i'm like oh that's such a good distinction i love that metaphor so if yeah. you're wondering what i'm doing over here i'm like taking notes for our our show notes because I just think what you're talking about is really going to help a lot of couples understand like what's going on in their relationship, Ken. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered and yeah, feel free to, to, to use this and, and get it out there. And yeah. Thank you. Um, so what do you do? Like, what's the solution here? Yeah. So usually what's going on here is that you have a really strong idea about what's supposed to happen. That's mm. getting in the way of, what actually organically is arising between you and this person. And I see this all the time. Mm -hmm. People, 
people are naturally organically drawn, like they're luminous beings are connected to each other and they have this amazing thing at the level of like their souls. Mm. But then at the third dimension, you know, the three dimensional world, it doesn't look anything like what they thought. And so there's this, there's this tug between, wait, this is what relationships are supposed to look like. This is my dream. This is my ideal. And what's really organically arising. Mm-hmm. And I, I would much rather work with the couple that's got that problem mm-hmm. than with the couple that's like the perfect checklist couple, mm-hmm. but there's no chemistry between them. Like right. that is hard. hard. When I get that couple, like the ideal, everything is right on paper. Like they meet each other's checklist, right. but it just isn't working. Yes. That is hard. I know I what would, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I would much rather work with the couple that like, they have chaos. made, yeah, yeah, chaos or major disagreements, like right. they, how whether to have kids or where to live or the politics, sure. like the major issues, I, we can deal with that. That's right. So with this particular flavor of jealousy, this possessive kind of controlling type of jealousy, mm-hmm. you got you to gotta make room for what this, for what's organically arising between you because... What actually happens between two real complex, like quirky human beings mm-hmm. is beautiful and amazing. And I promise it can actually transcend. It can actually mm-hmm. surpass what you think you want if you yeah. allow it to. Yes. So, surpass is the yeah. key. I know. Yeah. What actually could be arising between two, two real honest human beings yes. is profound. It's so amazing. Profound. It is so far beyond the caricature that we carry around of the ideal relationship. Gotta be this way. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can get couples to really drop into that, that vulnerability and that honesty that you were talking about, Mm -hmm. like you're going to spend the rest of your life getting to know your partner and you can have deeper and more profound experiences. You can have deeper and more profound experiences in the bedroom. Yes. Relating in how much you trust each other and how you back each other up in life. Like it -hmm. can be better than your model. So exactly. move your model out of the way enough to allow the real thing to arise between you. And that's like the solution to this, this third one. Yes, absolutely. Just really stepping into that vulnerability, that honesty, that authenticity, and just being there not hiding, not pretending like it's not there, not stuffing it away, not being in denial about it, all the things that we do to protect ourselves. So we think, but re- what it's really doing is it's taking away our natural birthright to just be in connection and be vibrating at a level with someone that is so much deeper than I've ever imagined, even in my own personal relationship. I know that my husband looks over to me sometimes, Ken, and he's like, is this really what we're experiencing? Like, I didn't even yeah. know that this was possible. And then yeah. we keep doing it every year. We keep doing it over and over and over, Ken. And it's like, yes. it's amazing. It's like, phenomenal. I, it, it's so great. Yeah. yeah. And it's so much different than what our culture says marriage is. Yeah, totally. Right? I mean, it blows my mind, to be yeah. honest. It's not what, what is possible between two human beings isn't even on our radar. Like, you can't, you can't decide, oh, I'm going to create or manufacture this thing and go out and do it. Like, it's not on your radar. We don't even know. And so when you get into it, isn't it amazing that it can just keep getting better year after year, you know? Yes. That's that's what I love. Like, 
couples who have been together for 15 years, 16 years, and they look back and they're like, that was the best year we've ever had. And then year 17, they look back and they're like, that was the best year we ever had. You know, yes, that's, that's what I aim for with my clients. Like I want to see what, how they're doing five years after they worked with me, 10 years after they worked with me. That's my, that's my measurement of whether I succeeded with them or not. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's not temporary. It's always long ter- long term. What's the longitudinal study here, right? <laughs> right. Um, just really tapping into that. It's so cool because, you know, I always tell my couples, Ken, you know, if you can look back like a really good way of like making a distinction of are you growing in your relationship? You know, are you growing? Are you manifesting? How's your sex life compared to last year? How's your emotions and your connection compared to last year? You know, if you can look back and the thing is, is that couples that are doing it know what I'm talking about. They Mm do. When you look back and you can say, oh my God, I don't even recognize that person from last year. Like what was she doing in the bedroom? I don't even know. Like I remember like last year two, maybe three or four selves ago. Cause I'm constantly shedding, you know, I, um, I was, I w- there was shame. There was anxiety. There was a little bit of fear and like, it's not even there anymore. It's like completely free, you know? Yeah. And you know, there's times where your old self will come up your old programming. I call your old shit right? It will come in every once in a while. As soon as you're about to take that next leap into the next growth of your relationship or that next leap into terms of the next growth of your business, you get scared. That old self crap starts to come back up and you're like, all right, let me take a deep breath, (laughs) right? Let me release that and then figure out how to get back to that space where you're vibrating at that level of energy with your partner and not sabotaging yourself, right? Totally. It's, it's such an awesome conversation that we're having here, Ken. I just, I love you and I love the way that you talk about things. It reminds me of myself in terms of just breaking things down into tangible things for people to hear and listen and learn. You're awesome. Yeah, Ken. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you really are. Thank you. And yeah. I know we only have a couple more minutes, but you, you hit on something at the risk of opening another can of worms. I just have to get this in here. Do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, you know, if you're, if you're trying to like, you have this pre-existing idea of what's supposed to happen and you're trying to fit your partner into that template, yeah. even at the very best that you succeed, let's say you succeed. Well, you, you're, let's hope that you're going to be a different human being five years from now, 10 years from now. Like, let's hope you've grown and changed and your partner's grown and changed and you're different human beings. Totally. So if that template no longer fits you guys you have two choices either the relationship ends because one of you it was great five years ago and now it isn't right or you say that was amazing what a wonderful time what are we going to do next what kind of relationship do we want to have now what's what's resonant for the two of us now and hopefully you've built enough connection enough intimacy that this is your co-creator in life. This is your life partner. They're your co-conspirator and Mm. you're co-creating what the relationship is and it's evolving and changing with you guys over time. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. You know, just, just as a way to open up that conversation tangibly for those of you that are listening, there's three questions that I recommend that you talk to with your partner every single week and every single Saturday, my husband and I go to the beach 
and we sit underneath the stars and we hang out with the universe for a couple hours and we ask ourselves these questions. Okay. So the first question is, what are you celebrating this week, honey? And what are you grateful for? Right. Just stepping into the gratitude and the, and the gratefulness of that relationship, whether it be about complimenting them or complimenting yourself or celebrating a moment that you had with a family member or client, whatever it is for you. The next question is, how are you struggling this week or what's challenging you, dear? Right. What are you, what are you going through? And I just want you to sit there and I just want you to listen. I don't want you to have solutions. I don't want you to come up with some grand scheme to help them. You are helping them just by listening to them. The third question is how can I support you and hold or hold you and or hold you accountable to that this week, right? And so we sit there and we talk and it's amazing because those three questions, we ask the same dang questions every Saturday night and we come up with new answers and new ways of thinking about it. And it's so awesome because the next week we can pay attention to those needs, wants and desires in our relationship between my husband and I and all my couples do the same thing. And, and it's so beneficial to just drop in with your partner. I mean, my husband and I run three businesses. It's a lot of stuff, right, going on. Everyone has these busy lives, kids, that, the other thing. It's so important to just drop into that space like Ken is talking about and make it intentional and purposeful. And you guys will find your way to a whole new self within a year or two, right? Amazing, amazing ritual. I, I, yeah. I, I love it. Yes, it's great. I'm sure we could come up with a bunch of rituals, right, Ken? I mean, the idea of rituals in a relationship could be a whole nother conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Just having the, I want to have you back on. I don't know about you guys, but I'm listening to Ken. I'm going to cheer him on. Come on, Ken. (laughs) I would love to. I'd love to. Okay. That's so cool. Well, thank you for gracing us with your presence today, Ken. You're very um, knowledgeable. You have a lot of wisdom with couples. I can already tell, especially as a couples expert myself, I know when someone has a talent and you have a talent. Thank you um, so much. And thank you so much for bringing me on and, and uh, letting me have a chat with your, with your audience. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. And you can uh, visit KenBlackman.com to learn a little bit more about him. He's fantastic. All of his information, his bio, everything is going to be in the show notes. We're going to make it real nice for him. And of course, thank you for joining our podcast today on the three flavors of jealousy and what to do about each one of them. And Ken so eloquently helped us put that conversation and synthesized all that information in a short 20 or 30 minute conversation, which is beautiful. So um, yeah, and also make sure to share this with your friends, guys. You know, these kind of conversations are things that we want to continue to perpetuate in our society. Taboo Talk Time is all about breaking through societal norms increasing mental health awareness, relationship awareness, and unhinging the taboos in our society that are not serving us anymore. And and frankly, the old marital way, the old cultural marital way of living life is taboo. You know, we have to change the face of marriage and the way that people are interacting so they can tap into the reservoir of energy and love that's there for them. And it's waiting for you guys on the other end of that. And obviously, Ken and I are pioneers of being able to articulate that and help couples get through that. So whether you talk to me or you talk to Ken, you know, every teacher is different. Every teacher has something to offer you. So please share this with your friends. Make sure to give us a review. Check out our um, Relationship Revolutionaries e-course program on communication and intimacy that we just launched. Uh, We're really excited about it. And once again, thanks so much for your listenership, everyone. I'll see you next time. 
Thank you for joining the Taboo Talk Time movement. Go ahead and like and subscribe to our fun, free, and informative podcast. And of course, don't forget to share us with your friends. Visit TabooTalkTime.com to learn more about Dr. Eva's therapeutic services, private intensives, as well as her online couples courses and live couples retreats. As always, we appreciate your listenership and can't wait to share all of our new up-and-coming Taboo Talk Time podcasts with you. See you next time.